G'day guys, Eero here for my uh, podcast called Imperial Rebel Orc Podcast. This is episode 23, doing something very different today and um, just going to have a little bit of a, a casual chat with you while I paint some miniatures. Pick up the brushes, pick up the paints, pick up the models and crank the music because it's time for The Imperial Orc Podcast. So much like episode 16, I think it was, where I was just driving around talking about my painting technique. Um, This is even more relaxed because I'm just at my house. The family are away. The eldest is staying at friends. The... Other two kids are with their mum. So, yeah, they've, they've gone and stayed at the in-laws. So I've got a night to myself. So what better occasion than this to uh, paint some minis? Now, I don't know about you guys, but I like to have a bit of music in the background. Usually, I have my Warhammer playlist on Spotify playing in the background. But because I record these podcasts onto my phone and then my playlist comes from my phone... I can't do that. Well, I probably can, but I don't know how to do that. So (laughs) So I'm going to go a bit of old school stuff. And um, I'm looking at my CD library, which isn't as big as it used to be because I did start to cull it when I got my, um, when I learned how to use Spotify, which is only about a year ago. (laughs) Uh, So what are we going to do? What are we going to, so I'm just looking through, looking through, yeah, this band. This is an Aussie band, and it's a C... Oh, bugger, it's not in there. Bloody kids. Bloody kids. Oh, da, 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 da. Ooh, what's that one? No. Excuse me while I just sift through the old CDs here. Um, hmm. This is riveting stuff for you guys, I'm sure. <laughs> but you know what? I'm not even going to edit it. I'm just going to roll with it, man. Uh... Could we go Johnny Cash? I do like me some Johnny, some old school Johnny. Um, keep looking, Metallica. Yeah, it's a possibility. Slipknot. I'm sure the older generation amongst you would enjoy a bit of Slipknot. Uh, what else have we got? Corn, uh, Rob Zombie. Yeah, actually, let's go. Let's go Johnny Cash, but not as old Johnny Cash. Let's do his uh, his American series. This is American series number five. Just need some light in the living room. (laughs) Hope you're enjoying it so far, guys. I am. (laughs) And I don't have a stereo player anymore, so we use the DVD player, which works just fine. Can you hear the old-fashioned CDs? So yeah, he did, uh, Johnny Cash did the American series not long before he passed away. He passed away in 2003, the age of 75, I think. Not long after his longtime uh, wife and partner, June Carter, actually. So he died of a broken heart, I'd say. Let's press play and see what happens. Great song. Oh, Lord. But you know what? I'll play the next one because that's even better. So, put 
bit of Johnny Cash on, put a bit of music on. Then I'll go and get myself a drink. Now I just had a coffee, so I won't get another coffee because uh, I won't sleep and I don't sleep well anyway. <laughs> so I reckon I'll get some, um, something more refreshing like a juice or something. Just turn that down a little bit more so you can hear me. We'll get some juice. I'm in the kitchen. That's why it sounds a bit echoey, echoey, echoey. Yeah, I'll get some good old OJ. Uh, what time is it here? Quarter to six on a Friday evening. Ah, oh, I remember the days when I was getting ready to go to the pub or the club. Well, not this early, but yeah. 41-year-old man now and sitting at home on my own, drinking orange juice and painting plastic soldiers. <laughs> Funny how life goes, but you know what? I'm happy, I'm content. Might even get a, uh, a nice port later, actually. I like my port. What do you guys like drinking? Are you uh, hardcore alcoholics and just get smashed while you're painting miniatures? Or do you like a, uh, a nicely aged scotch or a, a warm milk? I like a warm milk before bed sometimes, just to help me nod off. <laughs> Again, <laughs> sound really old. All right, so just sitting down at the table now. <clears throat> I'm not just going to turn that down a little bit more. Great stuff, though. Uh, so I do have a, uh, a whole room dedicated to my hobby. And I'm just going to place this down very carefully. Um, I do have a whole room dedicated to my hobby. But the wife doesn't like me tucked away downstairs by myself. Uh, she probably thinks I'm up to no good. <laughs> so she prefers me to be around, be up here in near the kitchen. So I've set up just at the end of the kitchen table, I've got a little corner set up where I've got like a, kind of like a travel kit of paints and glues and knives and, you know, uh, tissue paper and brushes and water and stuff like that. So just a little time, a, a miniature, set up, if you will, of what I have down in the fungin. Um, what I'm currently painting, I've set myself a little challenge this weekend. I've got, um, now, I love biting off more than I can chew, so bear that in mind. But I've got 16 miniatures, no, 17, 17 um, miniatures that I've built over the last week or so. Um, they're called headhunters, I'm calling them headhunters. Um, they're Primaris Space Marine models from Games Workshop. I've added some chain, like real life chain, um, and I've added some muslin fabric as well to try and create like a, a bit of a, almost like a wastelandy sort of ragtag look, I suppose. A little bit, maybe a little bit Man Maxi, but not so much, I suppose. It's just more you know, these big hulking space marine dudes who have sort of been left over in hell gates uh, for a long, long time, like a forgotten chapter, you know? So forgotten they don't even know who they are anymore and they just they just hired mercenaries and go on, go on the hunt for heads um, to earn a bit of coin. Anyway, so what I've, what I've decided to do is challenge myself and um, see if I can paint all 17 miniatures over a weekend. Now, I'm not the fastest painter, and as I've slowly got better at painting, um, that's take it takes me longer now because I think I'm being more careful. I'm picking out the details more and all that kind of thing. But with these ones, 
I'm sort of going for a different technique. I suppose I'm going for somewhere between like just dry brushing and then point um, picking out details. So not not every single detail, but I'm the main ones. So like if he's got skulls hanging off his belt, then obviously I'll paint those. So I'll paint the weapons, the knives, um, things like that. And he, like this particular guy I'm looking at now, he's got a uh, an orc lower jawbone as like a as like a face guard around uh, around uh, his where his face is. Um, yeah, so I'm gonna pick out all the bones and I'm picking out the fabric. I want the fabric on him to be a, like contrast to the rest, but with the bulk of the body, so all the armor and the arms and the legs and the torso. What I've done is I've base painted black um, with a spray and I've dry brushed with corn red and then I dry brushed with, actually it's just a um, like a, an acrylic art paint called red oxide. It just kind of, that's what I'm using for the bases for my Hellgate project. So I'm just kind of, I guess, tr trying to tie it in with that. Um, for the fabric, I've gone uh, Zandri Dust and I'll be doing some highlighting on that with, oh, what will I use? Maybe, maybe Ushabdi Bone, is that, <laughs> is that how you say it? Ushabdi, yeah, you know the one I mean anyway. Bone color, that's what it is. Uh, yeah, maybe a highlight with that. I think I'll do some, some metal scratches here and there on some of the edges as well. Um, but yeah, sort of keeping it simple, but trying to make it look quite diverse and uh, or dynamic and um, really, really cool if I can. Um, I've got them on corkboard bases. I'm a big fan of corkboard. Uh, I love that you can basically just base coat it and then dry brush it and it looks like rock. I think that's really cool and nice and simple. With this, partic this particular model I'm looking at now in my hand, he's just got a, a basic base, but with some of the others I've added some barbed wire um, and skulls and you know, you know the standard stuff guys to make it look pretty grim dark. Now let me just take a sip of my orange juice. Oh, fresh. All right, so with this guy, I've actually already made a start. So I've dry brushed him. I've painted his fabric. I've done his face in, I've used a new color. I've never used this one before. Uh, Bugman's Glow as the main base color for his flesh. I just thought that looked a bit, gave him a bit more of a tan, but I will be doing um, Cadian flesh tone and I'll also do, what's it called? Uh, Kislev flesh for highlights and stuff like that. I've already done the whites of his eyes and I've given him some white teeth too. They look very clean and nice, so maybe not overly appropriate for the grim dark world. But anyway, so now what I'm gonna do, oh yeah, and I've also given him a wash of Agrax Earthshade. So what I'm gonna do now is start put it, picking out some of the other details. So I'm gonna do the, um, he's got a couple of daggers strapped to his leg, strapped to his thigh, as you do. So I'm gonna pick out the, um, the sheaths and the handles on those. Hmm, what can I do, what can I do? I kind of just make it up as I go along, to be honest, but I don't know if I'll go Zandri because, because I've already got the cloth as the Zandri. So what I might do is go brown. Yeah, if I go Steel Legion brown, that kind of works. Just giving it a shake. You can probably hear my voice shaking because I'm shaking the bottle. And then I'm getting some water on my brush. 
And we're gonna paint some uh, some sheaths. <laughs> I hope you enjoy, <laughs> hope you're enjoying this episode, guys. I just thought got the place to myself, so why not do something a bit different and kind of have a bit of a casual chat, you know? Like I said, um, what do you guys think about when you're painting? Like I'm just putting on, you know, some steel legion now. But what do you guys? Uh, yeah, what, where does your mind go when you're painting? I sort of, I guess I sort of think about the hobby a lot, to be honest. I think about backstories for my little guys. I think about different projects I might do. I might, like as I'm painting these guys, for example, I'm thinking maybe they need some kind of dreadnought or walker or a vehicle to, you know, get them around Hellgate. Um, I'm also thinking about other projects like my Rorkstrift that's sort of in the back of my mind still. But I, I actually tend to think a lot about like my family, about the kids. Um, like my middle daughter, she has just recently, uh, or over the last couple of months, 13 merit cards from school. And that's a good thing, not a demerit, a merit. Um, and I'm so proud because this is her first year of high school. She was, you know, a little bit nervous going into high school as you, as you would be as I was when I was younger. And I just think the fact that she's just sort of thrown herself in, she actually had some dramas as well because you know how kids can be kids. She had some friends and they turned out not to be that friendly after all and sort of turned on her a little bit. So I don't know, I feel, yeah, I feel particularly proud of her because even though she's had those dramas and there's been the COVID-19 and all these kinds of things, she sort of just still stayed positive and happy and still working hard at school, still applying herself. She's cheeky, don't get me wrong. She's, uh, does, apple doesn't fall far from the tree. <laughs> so she's cheeky like me, but she, I don't know, unlike me, she applies herself at school a lot more than I ever did. So yeah, so, so you know, thinking about her, thinking about my eldest daughter as well. She's at an age where she's almost finished high school. And like a lot of us, at that age, doesn't really know what she wants to do. She loves music, loves theatre, and she's good at both. Uh, good at, she's a great actress, she's a great singer, she's got a really good musical ear. So, but you know, that's a hard industry to get into. I think she, I think she can make it, but she needs to sort of apply herself. But you know, she's a teenager, so she's sort of thinking, well, you know, I'm ready to party, Dad. <laughs> Which, again, that's exactly how I was at that age. I didn't know what I wanted to be. In fact, I didn't even want to grow up. You know, I just uh, was quite happy sort of plod along for a while. So I admire people that know what they want to do at high school and want to go into further education and whatnot. But that, yeah, that certainly wasn't me. And I remember going to my careers counsellor and sort of saying, telling her that, saying, oh, look, I really don't know. And she sort of just looked at me and she said, well, I can't help you if you don't know what you want. <laughs> she was great. That's a great careers counsellor, isn't it? Like big tick in a box for that one. Imagine when she was applying for the job and they're like, so are you personable? No. Are you good with kids? No. Um, are you good at like, you know, just thinking outside the square, if someone doesn't really have much of a direction, are you able to sort of go, well, what are you into? And what, what, what uh, you know, what kind of path would you like to go down? Is there any interest you've got? No, I'm not that kind of person at all. Bingo, you've got the job as career counsellor. Well done. Here's your money. Here's your bloody 12 weeks holiday a year, whatever they get, teachers. And bingo bongo, there she goes. 
I'm just rambling now, and I, and I think about my little one as well. I've got a six-year-old as well, so quite a quite a age <laughs> range, a range of. I don't know what I'm trying to say. You know what I'm trying to say. Young ones, middle ones, old ones. I've got. We spread them out a bit. Um, yeah, the young one, she's just full of beans, you know, like most kids, like little kids, she's just raring to go. Loves school, but quite happy now it's holidays as well. <laughs> um, yeah, she's a cute little kid. She's uh, a little fart box, to be honest. She loves a fart. I try to sort of, well, I laugh, but at the same time, I sort of say, you know, save that, don't do that in public. and. <laughs> Don't, don't do it when you're not meant to. But then at the same time, I laugh when she does it. So she's sort of thinking, well, dad loves it. So I'll just let rip. But <laughs> yeah. trying to teach her to be um, polite and all that kind of stuff. But we sort of, uh, with my house, we kind of let the kids do what they want to do. I mean, there's structure and there's rules and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, we kind of give them free reign. We let them be themselves as much as possible, you know, and then, but they also understand, try to teach them and, and make them understand that there's at home life and then there's out in public life. <laughs> and you, you do have to conduct yourself a little bit, a little bit different out in public, you know, especially as a kid. But they're, yeah, you know what, I'm just gloating, but they're, they're honestly great kids. I'm very, very lucky. I never thought I'd be a dad, I really didn't, but um, I love being a dad. It's my favorite job. It's the, uh, like I've mentioned before, I think, it's the only job I know I'm good at, and it's the only job I absolutely love, like wholeheartedly, even though it's the toughest job at times. It really is trying to, you know, guide and suggest and, and, give out the right amount of, um, you know, like, uh, don't be too harsh, be firm but fair. That's kind of my approach. You know, let them be themselves, let them be kids, let them have their imagination, all that kind of thing. Let them be a bit crazy, a bit wacky, you know, but at the same time, teach them to be respectful of others, appreciate what they've got. That's a big one for me, I think. I, 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 I certainly don't feel I missed out on anything when I was growing up, but uh, we didn't, we weren't, you know, rolling around in cash. So I was very grateful for everything I had. And I guess I'm just trying to teach my kids that they're probably more privileged than what I was as a kid. And we can sort of afford more things and stuff. And that's great. But at the same time, if we buy them, if we do buy them something, I want them to look after it. I don't want them just to sort of go, oh, well, if this breaks, dad'll just get me another one. No problem. You know, like I want them to really appreciate things and appreciate people as well. That's a big one too. And not to, we try to have a very, like most families I'm sure, have a very positive home. Um, you know, like if there is a problem, we like to try and sort it out pretty quickly. And uh, so we can get on with having a good time. Might go to a short break uh, because uh, this section of the recording is going to run out of time, I think. So I'll just go to a short break. Hang on, two ticks, guys. It's the Imperial Rebel Org Podcast. All right, so that's the sheaths done. Um, two thin coats, as we all know. Um, the Steel Legion is very similar to the uh, Zandri Dust, actually, now I'm looking at it, but I think it, yeah, I think with a bit of highlight, it should look pretty cool. Um, 
Now I'll do the hilt of the knives. He's actually got three knives or three daggers, um, one on his left hip and two on his right thigh. He's a cool dude, actually. I sort of, yeah, I kit bashed this dude. And um, yeah, he's got a good, well, it's hard to explain, but he's, he's looks, he looks badass, you know what I mean? He's got his gun ready, he's sort of screaming, and he's got a bionic eye, and he's, he's ready for action. Yeah, he's very cool. Um, all right, so we're going to the handles. Uh, I, think, oh, I think I'll just go an even darker brown. Um, boom, 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 boom. Where is it? There it is. Dryad Bark. Yeah, I like that one. So, yeah, so I think about all sorts of stuff, really. Think about my work as well. Um, I've probably mentioned it, but I, I'm a gardener. I have my own little business. Um, I always wanted my own little business, but just never had the balls, just surprisingly to myself, because I'm very much, you know, I like to take life by the balls, but I think because I was sort of raised to always be the breadwinner. I'm old fashioned that way, I suppose. And, and don't get me wrong, I don't think women belong at home ironing and, you know, darning my socks. <laughs> but, because uh, my wife works and she's, she's very professional. She works for the ambulance. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. So for me to sort of, uh, I, I've always worked hard at the jobs I've had and I've always enjoyed the jobs I've had, but they've, for the last, well, apart from the last three years, but before that, it was a good 10 years of sales there, I think it was. So, which was fine because I like people and I, I enjoyed the thrill of the chase and all that kind of thing. Um, and without big note myself, I was actually quite successful at it. I was seemed to just have a bit of a knack of um, getting people to buy my shit. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, and I, I, I mean, I think for me, I was always doing it as a very genuine thing. Like, I wasn't one of these guys who's like a game show host, like, hey guys, have I got a deal for you? <laughs> I, was never, I was never one of those guys. I just was just myself. And I remember, um, I remember when I started in sales and I went and spoke to dad because dad was in sales for a while. And uh, he said, just be yourself, mate. He goes, just treat people the way you want to be treated and be yourself. And that's exactly what I did. And it just seemed to work. I didn't bullshit people. I told people the good things and the bad things about products and they sort of respected me for it. Of course, you didn't, you couldn't please everyone all the time, but uh, I'd certainly always tried to, but um, yeah, but my sales record was always pretty good. Often hit budget and beyond, which is what the bosses want. But um, without going into too much detail, then something uh, sort of, you know, as life goes sometimes, um, bad things happen sometimes. And I think for me, um, when it hits close to home, when bad things hit close to home, it, it really hits me, you know? I don't just sort of go, oh, well, you know, I, I really think about it and I think about the people it's affected. I think about how it's affected me. And I guess in a lot of, a lot of the time, I will try to, I don't want to say turn it into a positive because it wasn't a positive, but I try to sort of just go, shit, Luke, life's too short, you know? Like, do what you want to do. And that was what I needed, I suppose, to uh, give myself a kick up the backside and go, right, you've always wanted to start your own business for the last bloody 20 years or whatever it was, 15 years. So do it, man. And 
Uh, spoke to the wife, of course, and she was all for it. She said, yep, I'll support you and all that kind of thing. So I went from a, uh, again, not big noting, but I went from a very good wage and a company car and all that kind of stuff, all the perks of a sales life, <laughs> down to zero, nothing, nada, no money whatsoever. Um, because I just jumped straight in. I just went, yep, okay, I'm gonna buy the equipment. I bought a car, uh, a ute, utility truck, and uh, jumped straight in. And I just thought, well, my sales background and, and experience and stuff will surely only help me, which um, thankfully, it did. So that was, well, hang on, what are we today? Today's the, well, we're nearly the end of June, 2020. So on the 1st of July, in just a few days, that'll be that'll mark exactly three years since I've been running my own little humble gardening business. And it is humble, guys. I'm, I never set out to um, conquer the world <laughs> with my gardening business. Um, but the funny thing is, the way my brain is geared, I'm, I, I always see opportunities. I always sort of go, oh, I could make more money and more business here but I'm purposely holding back because a part of the reason to start this business of mine was to uh, spend more time with the family and the kids and stuff, you know? So um, so what's the point in just taking job after job after job after job after job if it means I'm not gonna see the kids? So I'm just gonna do the hilts. Oh, what should I do that? Uh, I'm just thinking, what would I do? Lead belcher, I suppose, for the hilts. You reckon that's a good choice, guys? <laughs> you can't tell me either way, really, can you? Um, yeah, so that's, uh, so that's yeah, nearly three years of running my own little business, and I absolutely love it. I love working outdoors. I love working with my hands. Um, it sounds might sound silly to some people, but I get more of a buzz out of, like, digging a hole or fixing a fence or cutting a tree down and looking at it and go, yeah, good job, Luke. I get more of a buzz out of that than when like um, hitting a particular sales target and making a shitload of money for a, for a boss. You know, I don't know. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, there's something more rewarding in it for me to, to do that. Um, simple pleasures, I suppose. And, it's, and it is a very simple setup of a business, but it's a profitable one now, I'm pleased to say. It's, uh, I'm, I'm um, doing quite well and, um, you know, like went from zero to not quite hero, I suppose, maybe zero to hero <laughs> um, in a reasonably short time, three years, because now I would say it's actually successful. It's actually making good money and, you know, can do things with the kids. And last year we went to Hawaii and, all these kinds of stuff. So yeah, I'm pleased with how it's tracking. That's, that's I guess what I'm trying to say. Um, whew, don't you hate it when you're, you're painting something really thin or fine or small and you really don't want to go over the edge and then you just do. <laughs> and if you're anything like me, you can't just leave it. You can't just walk away and go, ah, oh, I'll be all right. If there's a bit of bloody lead belcher on the sheath of the dagger, who's gonna know? But I'll bloody know. So yeah, you gotta fix it. Yeah. I sort of go, I, I reckon I go into my own little world. I mean, I do a lot of the time with the hobby especially, 
but when I'm painting or when I'm building, I think when I'm building, I'm probably concentrating on the model even more because I'm thinking, um, what's next? You know, what what bit do I need to, to fix this or whatever? Or to make this look really cool, I need like a, a horn or something, or a, I don't know, the end of a gun to be a peg leg or something, you know? But when I'm painting, it's a simpler sort of thing, I suppose, for me. Like, oh, yes, you've got to choose the colours, but once your colour choices are there, then it's just, yeah, it's actually really, really relaxing just to sit and put down some paint on some cool miniatures. I love it. And I think I've said this before in prior episodes, that I love it more now. I love, the, uh, I love painting more than ever before because I can see that I've got better now. And I'm, uh, you know, I'm always, <laughs> always careful not to. I'm not a master painter. <laughs> I never will be. I don't think, but I've definitely got better, and that that makes me happy, and it shows me that I'm progressing, and um, encourages me to keep trying. You know, keep trying to get better, and that's what I'm always trying to teach the kids as well. Like you might, it's better to try and then fail than not try at all. That's what my, my parents always taught me, and I think it's a really good lesson. Like with the business, if I, if the business didn't work out, I'm very much the type of person to go, bugger, that's a shame, but what's next? Like not just feel sorry for myself and, you know, go into a bit of a slump, but more go, right, bounce back, what's next? What can we do now? What can I go into next? And I think because of that positive attitude, um, when stuff has happened over the years, I've kind of just managed to get on with it, you know? Like I, I really do feel like, I mean, a lot of people say it, we only get one life, so make the most of it. It's easy to say, it's difficult to actually put into action. Because I think we all get stuck in that rut where we're, you know, busy with work, busy with the family, um, busy paying bills, busy whatever. Uh, but what's that old saying? Life's what happens when you're busy making plans. So for me, it's like this, yeah, it's like this internal clock or something. It's always ticking, it's always sort of telling me, do something, do something, do something. And it's a good thing, it's a great thing, because I, it means I, I take on a lot. I take on, I mean, I run two podcasts, and one of them um, as a partnership with my good friend, Big Wands. Um, we've got Fly on the Wall podcast, which is which is <laughs> completely different to this one, guys, but if, feel free to go and check it out. But there's a lot more swearing and talking about rude things and crude things. It's uh, just two mates having a laugh, really. And that's, I love doing that. I love being involved with that. I love meeting up with him once a week and having a laugh and a chat and, and going to get a coffee. And this podcast is the opposite. It's more just me, just me talking on my own, rambling to you lot and, uh, you know, um, talking about miniatures mostly. <laughs> uh, and I just, yeah, I don't know. I love it. But anyway, so I've got that. Um, I've also got a band with my mates and that's great fun too and I like making my own little bits of music which you've heard and busy with the kids and stuff as well and you know but what I guess what I'm saying is I love it I can't imagine a life not filled to the brim with things you know and I don't mean uh, materialistic things I mean just I have to keep busy I <laughs> it's almost like a it's almost like an obsessive compulsive thing in itself I I can't be idle for too long. Like, I love watching a movie, don't get me wrong. I love sitting down with the family or whatever and watching some TV and some great TV shows. Love my docos, 
all that kind of stuff, you know, of course. But but I can't do that for too long. I start getting a bit fidgety. I need to, and I'm sitting there, and I, not, I don't feel guilty, but I sort of feel like, don't waste your life, mate. Don't just sit, don't just work, come home, eat, watch telly, go to bed. That's... Uh, each to their own, but it's not for me. I need to be productive. I need to be creative. I need to get my teeth stuck into something, you know? And I think I've made the right decision. Like I, like I said recently, I've, I've gone down to one episode of the Eero podcast a week now. I think that was definitely the right thing to do because it sort of just took the pressure off. I'm very big on jumping in and getting excited and carried away and then going, oh, hang on. Especially when it's to do with like fun things like a hobby or music or whatever. With the with the business, it was a very calculated, um, measured thing. Like I was very careful with how I was going about things. But yeah, with stuff like podcasts, like bang, let's just do it. If someone has an idea, like, yep, let's, <laughs> let's make it happen. And I, and I, I'm, go gangbusters. I just go, yep, right, no worries, I'll do this and I'll do this and I'll do that. And it it surprises me, I suppose, when other people aren't like that. And it's and it's not a judgment. It's not a, uh, I don't think less of the person or people. It's just, I just go, oh, okay, so what do you do? And they go, oh, I just, I work and I go home and I watch the footy. Oh, yeah. And that's kind of it. And that's, for, you know, okay, that's cool. That's their life. But yeah, it's not for me. I need to be doing stuff. I need to be thinking about the next project, the next thing I'm going to tackle, whatever, you know. I need to get my teeth stuck into something. So I've done the hilts on the, and the, I don't know what you call the very end of, the very bottom of the knife, like the, of the handle. I don't know. What's that bit called? So there's the hilt where it goes near the top of your hand, like the hand guard, I suppose, but then there's the little knobs at the end. <laughs> I'm sure they're not called that. But now I'm just doing some... Uh, lead belcher like metal highlights on like chipping sort of on the armor and I've got to say that's one of my favorite parts to do one of my favorite steps because it just gives it a little something more I reckon doesn't it a little bit wear and tear I don't overdo it I used to I used to get like yeah the whole thing was covered in scratches and stuff but I've learnt that less is more, and the same with things like blood for the blood god. I could get easily easily get carried away and just cover the whole miniature in blood and go, yeah, like he's a psychopathic warrior who just runs into battle slashing people and gets covered in blood and then drinks the blood. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I have learnt that, yeah, just a few little scratches and a few little chips here and there, it really does make the model sort of pop and gives it a more of a, uh, what would you say, like a three-dimensional kind of feel, I suppose, because you it's another it's another highlight, really. But, yeah, I kind of I think it just makes the the model look weathered and looks like he's, um, he's been in some action, you know, and his arm is old, which is, you know, it's meant to be, I suppose, old Space Marine armour, ancient. I don't know, well... I know a little bit about Space Marines. I'd say I'm going to be doing a Space Marine episode soon. They'll probably say they're the most iconic um, faction in the whole Warhammer 40k world, aren't they? Uh, those and Orcs, I suppose. Not sure about Elves. I'm not, <laughs> as I've mentioned in other episodes as well, I'm not a big fan of Elves in general, like Elves and Dwarves. 
just don't do, I mean, like real people that are dwarves, that's okay, don't get me wrong. Um, but, you know, fantasy dwarves and elves, yeah, I don't know. They just, I don't know. I don't know what it is. It just, what's, I don't know, not boring, just <laughs> not even silly because, I mean, orcs, they're silly. Um, just not my thing, I suppose, it all comes down to. The elves are quite, oh, this is going to make me sound sexist, but I see them as a bit girly. I've got to be honest, and that's no judgment, no judgment against anybody else who loves elves or the elder, but... Yeah, I just see him as a little bit girly. It's <laughs> uh, silly, but anyway, it's the truth. I don't mind the dark elder because there's, you know, they're just a bit creepier, um, which is cool. But even, I haven't bought a, a whole lot of dark elder, only a few, what was that one, the monster type one, Talos, is it? Talos, something like that. But I, I didn't build that, I just used it for all the bits. Great kit to... Um, uh, pull apart and uh, use all the uh, the bits and pieces for other things, that's for sure. But, uh, yeah. And dwarves, I don't know, just little fat hairy dudes, not my thing either. I can sort of laugh at them and go, yeah, it's cool, but, um, yeah, eh, each to their own, I suppose. But, but orcs, oh, man, well, you've heard the episode, I'm guessing. Um, I love orcs. They're nuts. They're crazy. And they're, I love the comedy with orcs. But, yeah. <laughs> I'm enjoying this episode. I hope you are. Um, bit different, yeah. But it's, I'm, I'm enjoying it. It's so quiet here without the kids. It's funny, like, they drive me nuts. I'll be honest with you. As much as I love my kids, they drive me up the bloody wall. They really, they really do. And you're just like, give me peace, damn it. Big Was and I were talking on the other podcast, Fly on the Wall podcast. Um, about that sometimes to escape just that little 15, 20 minutes, you find yourself on the toilet, <laughs> updating Instagram or just looking at something about World War II on Instagram, uh, on Wikipedia or something, and <laughs> just to get that little bit of respite from, from the manic world of the children. But you know what? Now they're gone for the night. I'm missing them. It's, I don't know, is that a sad thing or a good thing? I'm having fun, don't get me wrong, and I'm, I'm going to go and uh, get some beer and a curry soon. I love my curry. Oh, my God. And uh, the wife isn't a big fan of curry. She doesn't mind the taste, but she hates the smell. And I get my thing with curry, right? I don't bother with rice. I just get the actual curry. I like a butter chicken. I know it's a bit weak because it's, there's no spice to it, really. But I, I don't care, I love it. <laughs> but for me, it's all about the naan bread, the garlic naan bread, and just a big bowl of chicken curry, and just sitting there watching a TV show, whatever, and dipping garlic naan bread into your curry and gobbling it down. Oh my God, love it. And then yeah, get a few beers as well. Um, I've got a, I'm working tomorrow, Saturday, and I've got a couple of jobs, but other than that, it's, yeah, it should be a pretty chill day, I think. Um, yes, all right, well, we'll go to another little little break, guys, and I'll come back with a little bit more. Well, uh, the Johnny Cash album's finished, so I think we need something a bit livelier. 
think, I mean, think I'm getting a bit too uh, deep and meaningful with the old Johnny Cash playing in the background. <laughs> so let's liven shit up a bit. And it's uh, oh, kind of tricky to do with one hand. Let's go back to the uh, the music library. <laughs> it sounds fancier than what it is. It's just that we call it the chill room. It's kind of a nothing, well not nothing room, but it's like a room where I sit and play guitar. It's got all the musical instruments in here, which is some weird and wonderful like maracas and salt shakers and xylophones and thunder machines and harmonicas and cowbells, you name it, and flutes. Bits and pieces I've picked up over the years. Uh, some percussion instruments as well. Uh, a cigar box guitar that Big Was made for me. Uh, yeah, but it's also got some DVDs and CDs in here as well. So what are we going to listen to, eh? Could uh, put some Slayer on. Um, <laughs> from Johnny Cash to Slayer. Has it ever been done before? Um, hmm. Oh, C is for Cookie, the Cookie Monster special. Could put that on. Love a bit of that. Oh, yeah, punk. Nah. Oh. What about this one? What's that one? What's that one? Yeah, let's put a bit of Hendrix on. What's your favourite Hendrix song, if you've got one? Mine is definitely Voodoo Child. But we'll just play this one from the top. Starting with Purple Haze. And we'll press play. Do it. There we go. Ah, takes me back to Woodstock. <laughs> no, I'm not that old. Not yet. Now let me sit down with my orange juice. <laughs> ah. Excuse me, I just take a sip. Ah, delicious. I remember, like I said earlier, we didn't have a lot of money growing up when I was a kid. And something like a bottle of orange juice, oh my God, that was, <laughs> we lost our minds. We were like, you know we've got orange, like me and my sisters would be like, you know we've got orange juice? There's orange juice in the fridge. And within minutes probably, it was gone. All right, so where are we up to with the miniature? So I've done the, uh, I've painted the, the daggers. I've got to paint the strap actually that goes around the thigh daggers. So with that one, um, actually I might, oh, what should we do? I might go bloody, uh, I like this one, where is it? If I can find it, hello. Uh, I keep all my paints in a, a Keen's Mustard Vintage Box. I might get one of those, um, you know those racks? There's like, um, what do you call it? Um, MDF, ones that you put together. I was thinking about one of those. But they look a bit flimsy. I don't know if you've got one. Well, why can't I find the paint that I want? It's probably looking right in front of me. It's often the case. But I can't blow this, see it? So, oh, hang on. There it is. So Corvus Black. Do you know that one? I think it's a fairly, I'm just shaking it. I think it's a fairly newish one. It's, um, 
It's not grey and it's not black. It's somewhere, <laughs> somewhere between, if that makes sense. It's like an, you know, you get an off-white. This is like an off-black. Um, yeah, and I think this will do nicely just for a strap going around some knives, what do you reckon? Uh, what was I talking about? Oh, yeah, I said about the orange juice. That was fascinating, wasn't it? <laughs> uh, don't worry, guys. This episode will be over soon. But I'm actually enjoying myself, and I hope you are too. Getting to know Eero. There's more to me than just, you know, smoke and mirrors and the razzle and dazzle of the Eero podcast. Um, yeah. I'd love to hear about you guys, though. It's not all about me. It's, um, you know, what are you guys doing? What are you up to? You can email me, imperialrebelorc at gmail.com. Just to say g'day, you know, like, uh, or on Instagram, imperialrebelorc over on there as well. But there's something kind of nice about receiving an email. It's like, you know, getting a written letter back in the day. Don't get them anymore. But an email is kind of old school, I suppose, these days. Mark A. Morin, who I uh, emailed in the last episode, episode 22. Go check that out, ghouls. Um, yeah, he likes an email. He likes to email me, which is cool, and I email him. Kind of a pen pal thing, I suppose, in a modern age. Um, yeah, there's a few blokes, or sort of, uh, or a few hobbyists I email back and forth here and there. I love it. I like, you know, well, obviously it comes back to like-minded people. But yeah, it's nice when you're talking to someone who they just get you. They just get it. They understand the the craziness that is our hobby. They talk the same language, you know. Um, I, uh, yeah, I'm not up to speed with all the jargon and all the lore and and all the everything, you know, um, like all the technical side of stuff and the, the rules and all that kind of thing, but I still manage to hold my own when it comes to having a conversation with people about the hobby. <laughs> my, my thing is just, it's all about the, uh, the creativity and the, the hobby aspect of it, I suppose. But yes, how cool would it have been to go see Jimi Hendrix? Have you seen Jimi Hendrix live? Are you one of those old people that <laughs> managed to see him? It would have been, would have been an awesome gig to see Jimi Hendrix, you know what I mean? Like, wow. And there's, I mean, there's still some big bands around now that I'd still love to see. Like, I've never seen Metallica, for example, but they're a band that I I think you have to, because they're such an iconic band, and a big, you know, rockin' band, you have to see them at least once. I've never seen the Rolling Stones, they're my all-time favorite band. I've never seen them, and I'd love to see them at least once, but I don't know, I think they might be, uh, you know, not far off sort of going, that's it for us, but, which would be a shame, but understandable. We've been going for a very long time, since the early 60s. I love my music, as you can probably tell. When I listen to the old music, I'm always like fascinated, I always think, wow. How cool would it have been to go see the Kinks or the Beatles or the Who or, I don't know, you know, some of the great bands like Queen. Imagine going to see them back in the day. Brilliant. Or imagine being at Live Aid. Wow. Did you guys like the movie Bohemian Rhapsody? I actually thought it was brilliant. I, uh, I, I wouldn't say I'm a massive Queen fan, but I pretty much every song I hear... I like, you know what I mean? I've never heard a Queen song where I go, nah, it's not for me. I do 
I do like everything I hear, but I've never gone out and bought an album, which is kind of weird. I've downloaded some now for Spotify. Excuse me. Um, but the movie, I don't know. It was, I don't know. Everything I knew about Queen sort of came to life and came to life in that movie. And the main actor who played Freddie, I don't can't remember his name, the real dude, but brilliant, like nailed it. What you should do, I did this not long after watching the movie, is watch the real Live Aid on YouTube. Um, and you know what? It's it's spot on. It's absolutely spot on, like word for word, move for move, everything. It's so cool. Really enjoyed that movie. I love the bit when. Um, They've come up. They've they've record, written and recorded the song Bohemian Rhapsody. <clears throat> they go and talk to that producer guy. I can't remember who he was exactly, manager or producer guy, and he's kind of just laughed. He kind of just scoffed at it and was like, uh, "Who's going to want to buy like a six seven minute song? Um, you know, you guys are kidding yourself." And then they sort of just laughed at him. And then Freddie Mercury said, "You know what? You're going to go down in history because you're always going to be the known as the guy that let go of Queen." And he certainly was. <laughs> And that's, uh, you look over history, that's, that's happened many, many times. Like the, the famous movie, the big movie, Gone with the Wind, that was actually um, rejected by so many production companies before it got picked up. I don't know who picked it up. But so many said, no, 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 no. It's not, you know, no one wants a, an old-fashioned Civil War movie with a love story thrown into it. And then, voila. We've got bloody Gone With The Wind, and I'm not a fan of the movie myself. <laughs> but I just think it's incredible that so many people said no, and that movie almost wasn't made. And even even more contemporary movies that I'm into, like uh, Rocky, I'd say that's contemporary. Um, yeah, Sylvester Stallone had a lot of trouble getting anyone to take it seriously. It, they were like... Uh, so what? It's a movie about a boxer who doesn't box anymore and then comes back. Like, who's going to pay money to go and see that? And it's it was a no-name actor with Sylvester Stallone. Um, I think, I think, rumour has it, I think he'd been in some um, blue movies, some rude movies before, but he hadn't... I don't think he'd been in anything of any notoriety. Um... So, and plus he wrote it and like people, you know, I can understand why people would have been like, oh, I don't know. But then someone invested some money and bang, you've got Rocky. And you've got the whole franchise of Rocky, which were what, well, including the Creed movies, I think, is it eight movies? Creed's actually pretty good. I like the first Creed, I don't like Creed 2. Um, actually a brilliant, brilliant uh, boxing movie. I like my boxing. A brilliant boxing movie is uh, Southpaw with uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. You should definitely go and check that out if you haven't done that already. Absolutely brilliant. I watched it with uh, my two older girls. I'd seen it before and I thought, oh, I wonder if they'd like it. And they loved it just as much as I did. It's so cool. It's such. It's a sad story, but it's a, it's a really, really good story. It's like a, I'd say it's like a modern day Rocky, but it's probably unfair. Probably shouldn't compare it to that really. It's just a great movie in its own right. I'm quite a fan of Jake Gyllenhaal, I've got to say. I loved um, End of Watch. That's probably, I'd say it's, I'd say it's probably one of my top ten movies. Actually, I watch it at least once or twice a year. And yeah, I think he's brilliant in it. Um, Mike, is it Mike Cena? He's the co-star in it. He's great as well in the in the same movie. He's a funny dude. I like my movies. I like my music. I like my movies. I like my TV shows. 
Actually, I've just started watching, uh, well, actually, we're on to season two already, Breaking Bad with my eldest daughter. And um, yeah, love that. That's, that's one of those series that just got it right, in my opinion. Like so many series, and I've said this many times before to friends and stuff, but so many TV series, and I can understand why, because it's a money-making machine. But suddenly, after five, six seasons, the story starts to suffer. Like, for instance, the one that comes to mind for me most is Dexter. Loved the early seasons of Dexter. But then, yeah, I don't know, like by six, seven, you're going, what? So now his sister knows that he's a murderer and she's okay with it and, yeah, I don't know, just got a bit too, bit too silly. Another one was uh, Sons of Anarchy. I loved the first few seasons, but then it came, became very predictable. Became very like, okay, who's gonna be killed in this one? And you know, like, I don't know, the, the shock value was taken away because it just seemed to always be the case that someone was dead in this episode, you know? But anyway, that's just me. So I've painted his gun now. I'll still do some highlights on the gun, but I've used Corvus Black for the gun. Um, uh, hmm, I might use Corvus Black for his, he's got like a bionic eye, you know those heads with the bionic eye and a bit of a wrap around um, robotic thing going on. So I don't know what you call it, but, <laughs> but it's cool, it looks cool. So I'm gonna give that Corvus Black as well, very carefully, because I don't want to get it onto his flesh. Uh, it's actually tricky to talk and paint fine details at the same time, but I'm persevering, guys. So if I screw up, I'm gonna blame you lot, all right? I think that's fair. Uh, and I have done it. Okay, that looks all right, that looks good. But then, yeah, with some highlights on there, that should look pretty gnarly. All right, guys, I reckon I'll, uh, reckon I'll wrap it up there. <clears throat> Hang on. We better play my favorite song of Jimmy's before I go. Maybe we can, uh, instead of the old outro Eero music, we'll, um, we'll roll out with Voodoo Child, which is uh, track 15. I'll crank this one right up. Sorry, neighbors. Oh, well, it's only bloody quarter to seven. <laughs> Love it when the drums come in. Thanks for listening to episode 23. I'll see you in episode 24.